Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. You're like, yeah, this is good. And then you get tested in it that week. You know, I just think like this morning, just even before we begin our worship, the Lord was like, hey, a lot of people have been tested in that word this week, whether it's in your marriage, in your relationship, in your friendship. And it was just like, but do you know how to remain in God? But do you know in the midst of those difficult situations uh, how to remain in God. And it's so awesome because this is the, the third part series about remaining in God. And I want to wrap that up uh, today with a third um, aspect of remaining. And uh, yes, I like to preach, but then there's, I also like to in between teach and explain uh, where to stand, where I'm, where I'm standing on, uh, to give you kind of practical steps. It's, I call them my how-to messages. Uh, let's open up Proverbs chapter 3. Or unlock your phone, or just look on the screen in front of you. Proverbs chapter 3, starting with verse 5, and then we're going to land on verse 12. And then we're going to pretty much use this as a theme scripture, and it's going to be part of the every aspect of this message and the things that I want to share. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, submit to him. And he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Come on. The effects of the word of God. (laughs) The effects of trusting in God. Verse 9. Honor the Lord with all your wealth. With the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will be brim over with new wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as father the son he delights in. Come on, that is just very good stuff right there, okay? Because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father the son he delights in, okay? And that's why when I mentioned earlier today, and if you've been tested this week in your friendship, relationship, co-workers, marriage, whatever it be, your relationship with children, think of it this way. Look at the last one. It says, the Lord disciplines those that he loves. God always, what's so amazing, so Satan uses any situation in our life to condemn us. And the Lord uses every situation in our life to convict us. And there's two, the complete opposite, conviction versus condemnation. When condemnation makes you run in the hiding to be in shame, to not speak to one. Conviction makes you run to the light. It makes you run to the arms of the Father. And so when we learn to abide in the Lord, when we learn how to trust in Him, and the more we move into Him, like into His dwelling and His presence, the more we understand the power of what it is to remain in Him. Amen? So... Perhaps you've heard the scripture, and I've quoted it many times, but I've read it together. Because oftentimes you have to read it together to realize that that's just a whole setup, step by step, to how to remain in God. And it's so beautiful. You've heard this, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean out on your understanding a lot of times. But this famous passage, right, for Proverbs 3, contains more than just, just the general statement that, here, we're just trusting in God. You'll actually find steps in there. And based off of what I've read, I just came up with these seven steps that really will help me. And I mean, they've, I've, 
They helped me, and I believe will also help you to how to learn how to remain in God. So my first series of the messages that I did was, if you remember, remain to sustain, okay? The second one was remain to maintain, and today, uh, the title of my message is remain to retain, okay? So this is pretty much trifecta. I know it's a celebratory music. It is definitely worth, come on, remain to retain, <laughs> hallelujah. Yeah, I love that. Hispanic music is amazing. Just brings me life. Makes me want to dance. So today I want to share seven daily steps to help you remain in the Lord, okay? Point number one, don't depend on you. <laughs> oh, man. Don't depend on you. Because we we're living in a world where trust must be earned and it seems to be short of supply, right? Um, Solomon, this famous king who wrote these Proverbs, right? He knew that trust is exactly where it starts, okay? Because look at that first verse, right? 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding. So most of us uh, have faced disappointments. We know that in which we were taught that, uh, that we can only depend on ourselves. Uh, I mentioned that last week as well. You know, we are like, yeah, you actually grow to be teaching your kids to be independent, but... Uh, to teach them to go from complete dependency to independency, right? But with kingdom of God, we're living an upside-down kingdom. God wants to take us from complete independence to complete dependence on Him. Now, those aren't wrong things I want to talk about a real-life situation. We need to be in our own life independent. Yes, absolutely. But when it comes to God, because to the source of life that sustains us, that gives us the ability to move confidently in our life, is it only comes from dependency on God. Because look at this. Jeremiah 17.5 says, This is what the Lord says. Curses the one who trusts in the man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. So instead, we're meant to remain in God's understanding because we know that, you know, he possesses all the wisdom. Okay? And the reason I say that, because look at this. In Romans 11.33, it says, Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out, okay? But trusting him completely can be tough, okay? Because we're still dealing with everyday situation. You can have a relationship that could just be challenged and it could be broken, whatever it may be. Um, but when you get to these situations with trusting in God, like... What happens if you don't feel like trusting God, okay? What if, what if you don't feel like you can trust in him like that? So this is where step number two comes in really conveniently is number two, cry out to God. That's my next point, cry out to God, okay? Yeah. This will definitely help you to maintain and remain in God. Surrendering to God begins with our thoughts and our lips, and we know that everything starts with our thoughts. We can in any situation, can immediately choose to dive in, and I've been tested in it, like, and the continuously, like, there's a temptation to say something, you must speak up, there's times where, yes, you need to speak up, you need to speak for the truth, you need to speak for life, you need to speak against things of darkness, but when there's times where you should not enter because you're just going to get muddied up, you know, <laughs> entering into bad conversations, okay, comment section, 
or just whatever it may be. You know, it can happen at dinner tables around family sometimes when people come together. You know, November is approaching, and there's people like, you know what? We're going to talk about God and politics and other stuff. But see, when you learn how to remain in God, you're not going to be afraid um, to be moved by it. You're not going to be ashamed because your confidence comes from God. And when you're remaining in God, you have a, a perception from God. You don't get into these uh, arguments that you shouldn't. You understand that like, hey, that argument is not worth it. <laughs> this is not my battle and I don't need to enter it. Okay. I'm working on the message. Uh, uh, the title of it is when the battle chooses you. We'll get to that. So uh, that's going to be good. And I'm talking about like we're literally, because a lot of times we get to choose, like, you know, choose your battle. So you heard that popular phrase. But then there's times where battle chooses you. And that's a different message, but I, I'm excited to bring that to you soon. But when it comes to any kind of difficult situation, we're immediately made, a, we make a decision in our mind. Do we engage? Do we uh, react? Or do we respond where we can say, oh, no, thank you, <laughs> right? And it's like, and we continue to our test of those every day in our lives. Like, do you want to engage in this argument or you don't? Seek and you shall find. If you haven't had an argument with your wife, I can guarantee you'll find a reason to argue with her. If you have a war with your spouse, your husband, you will always find because seek and you shall find, right? <laughs> so the more I've learned to develop my relationship with God, the more I begin to walk with him and remaining in God and acknowledging God in all of my ways, the less I started to argue, the more I began to understand that, like, wow, this is not my battle. This is not where I need to engage, and this is where I do. So this is just coming from my life experience, okay? So you're trusting in God, and you let him lead. Amen. So, but surrendering to God, it starts with our thoughts, and, uh, and we need more than a commitment to depend on him. We need to cry out to him to show that dependence. Amen. So Proverbs in 3.6, this is the, just a theme passage, just breaking it down. It says, in all of your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. So in every situation, whatever it may be, you're purchasing a, making a serious purchase that will directly impact your finances and your family. Bring it up before the Lord. Bring it up before the Lord. You'll be amazed how much in the presence of God the clarity comes and how much the Lord means to, to like directing your heart. Because it says he will direct your heart, right? So when we pray... We admit that his, higher, his ways are higher than our ways, right? And I love this passage from Isaiah 55, verse 8 through 9. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Um, we show that we're leaving our troubles and burdens, dreams, and placing them in the capable hands when we're putting our trust in God. And that means, because a lot of the times we hit the discouragement, and we're like, well, why God didn't work out? And that's the moment where we say, eh, I don't want it. I, I give up. But that's the most breaking point where you're taking out your own strength, and you're allowing God's strength to come in. Because the scripture says, when I'm weak, he is strong, right? And I'll get to that passage in a little bit here. So, but when we're leaving our troubles and we're saying, Lord, I bring that before you. I surrender that. I bless that man. I bless that coworker. Lord, I just bring him before you. I don't engage in that argument. I don't need to because, Lord, you've told me to love and bring all my needs before you, right? So that's what I'm doing, Lord. So um, 
But what I love is that because he promises that when we reach out to him in prayer, he hears us. Let me, there's a lot of passages for that, but I want to bring you a couple of them. Psalms 55, 17. Evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress. It means in all situations. Did you notice he's covering every morning, noon? <laughs> so he's covering every part of the day, pretty much. I cry out in distress, and he hears my voice. And he hears my voice. First John 15, 4. Talked about John a lot last week and him bringing that, that you know, relationship, a relationship idea about between you and the Lord, about how we find our identity when we rest in him. So 1 John 5, 14, this is the confidence. I love the word confidence. Everybody wants to be confident, right, in all of our ways. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, yeah. he hears us. The more we spend time with him, the more our prayers changes. We don't ask for ridiculous things like, Lord, give me a million dollars. You know, like, it's just the reality. I mean, there's some people that God will entrust because they know what to do with it, right? But this is the confidence we have in approaching God. It says that if we ask anything according to his will, right? So we hand over whatever the situation is, that question, whatever it is, we hand over the keys to him, and he leads us, Okay. But in order to do that, I have point number three, run from evil. Because we will always be tempted to engage in evil. In Amos 5.14, I love that in the New Living Translation, it says, Do what is good and run from evil so that you may live. Oh, man. How many times <laughs> I've engaged in something and I'm like later, I'm like, why? And you suffer. And you're like, man, if I would have just, just this week. Just yesterday. <laughs> if I just would have kept my mouth shut. <laughs> just two minutes. And I didn't. I was like, mm, I'm going to make a point. Regretted it two seconds later after the message was sent. <laughs> but, I mean, this is a small situation, right? It can be. It can turn ugly. But it can really, in any situation, right? It, God wants good for us. It really says, do what is good and run from evil so that you may live. You literally could avoid a lot of unnecessary situation, even death, right? And it says, then the Lord and God of heaven's armies. I like how then afterwards it follows up with just major, just major theme of just who is on your side. It says, then the Lord, God of heaven's armies, will be your helper, just as you have claimed. It says, then, so you get the cause and effect, right? So you run from evil. Lord, I'm avoiding this. But I'm running to you. And then it says, God of heaven's armies will be your helper. And a lot of times we get in the engagement on necessary warfare. And I don't know why the Holy Spirit is leading me to talk a little bit more about that, about challenges and arguments, right? Um, because Scripture also tells us, it says to bring everything before the Lord, you know, because He is a just God, right? Pretty much let the wrath of God take place if need be. You know, God knows how to deal with everybody else. That's what's so amazing. It's like, you know that you can be confident in that. So that's why I love that it says, hey, run from evil. But then watch what God does. It says, then the Lord God of heaven's armies will be your helper just as you have claimed. Amen. So um, in this life, we, we can get cluttered up with everything, right? Uh, and the thing is, the number one thing that Satan tries to is to clutter up our minds so it can impact directly our relationship with God. He's trying to get in the way of our connection to God, right? 
And we've talked about, right, being connected to divine is so important. He really wants us to not maintain, be a tra- attached to divine because that's our source, that's our life. First John 2.16 says, For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. So when you're not attached, these things are going to get you. And they're always after you. Satan's always after your connection with God, your relationship with God. Okay? So, and what I like to say in this point is, sometimes our blessings can become stumbling, stumbling blocks. They can when we think of them as what we deserve, you know, or what we need to be happy. You know, have you heard people say, I deserve to be happy. I deserve to be treated with respect. Those are all great, you know, great statements. But the reality is if we, if we rely on approval of people, that approval can be easily taken away. I've been disappointed in people's approvals. I'm like, I'm relying to please this one person and I didn't hear from them. And my world is just crushed. I'm like, oh, how could they have not? I mean, I've tried so hard. It's a song, Linkin Park. Tried so hard, got so far. (laughs) In the end, it doesn't even matter. (laughs) Come on, that's right. But if your approval comes from God, that's one approval you can be confident in, right? Because other approval can be given, it can be taken away. But your approval, when it comes from God, you're just like, yeah, it's from God. It's from God the universe, the God of armies, amen? So life works best when we remember that the true source of blessings, and that is the true source of blessing is God, right? And that we're not focusing to please anybody else but to please Him. It's so important to understand that. When we please God, it almost feels like, not feels, but it's true that things line up accordance to how God wants them to go. When we're pleasing God, because we're not relying on any other circumstances. We're just like, Lord, I trust you. Yes, it it doesn't mean you won't make mistakes. Absolutely. There's times where we'll allow emotions to get in, and they get in our way of the path. And we're looking back. We're like, ugh. But God is like, you know, he's so sovereign. He's like, you know, I love you. Let's make all things work together for good. That's why I trust him. That's why I put my trust in him. Look at the seventh verse, Proverbs 3, 7. So we're continuing to break that verse apart. Do not be wise in your eyes, in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Sometimes the only way to live the life God wants us to live is separating ourselves from bad influences. Okay? Sometimes you just have to disconnect from certain things. Those things that I talked about that are dragging us down, those things that are not bringing us life. Last week I talked about it's the branch, you know, that's cut off from the source, right? It is just dying because dead branches, dead things, things that just will not help you grow in God, they're just, they're also impacting your actual physical potential in your real life, in your business, in your everyday, everyday situations, you know? I mean, how many times you've been around certain people, you walk out of that room, you're just like, I just want to live. You ever hang out with Matt Merzina? This is just a perfect example of that. It's like, I feel so great about myself. I look good. Man, I sing good. I talk good. That's what I, I'm just, what I'm saying when you talk, you know, with certain people. You just, just get that. Because you're connected. Because the source of life, his source of life is flowing through him and it's coming out. You know, I'm just, do you understand that? It flows through. It's a living waters that are continuously moving through you. And people, guess what? They're not going to try to avoid you at the store. Like, who's here? Like, 
they're going to actually want to see you. <laughs> Yay! Or maybe the only time they might avoid you is they know, like, ah, I would love to, but I really got to run. Because it's hard to separate yourself from them. Because I'm just telling you, the source of life, the life is flowing through them. Amen? Because they are connected to the vine. We are the branches. Amen? So, but in this life that we're continuously bombarded with information, do this. If you do this, you'll get this and stuff like that. And that's why a lot of times people will put their trust in some kind of a program maybe. And some programs are great. That's awesome. That works. But the key thing I wanted to point is when our source of approval or trust is only coming from people, we will get disappointed, right? So, and in this life, we have these, I call them tears, because scripture, Jesus talked about it, right? Weeds and tears grow together. He didn't pull us out. He says, I'm not asking that you take him out of this world, Lord. No. But we may remain in him. So that's why these tears, though, they always are trying to take over. And sometimes the cares are like tears, <laughs> okay? Literally, just anything can become, even a care, all of a sudden it overwhelms you. And you're just, instead of like, G, like Peter when he was walking on water, you're looking at Jesus. You're just like, oh, and you get this. And you start looking what's in front of you, not what's in the head. God is like, I have great things for you. I'm, I want you to prosper. This stuff's straight from the Bible, Scripture. God does want you to prosper, okay? But what Satan does, he tries to get our focus down, and we get dragged down with all these weights, unnecessary arguments, and all these things. Then we're just like this, and then we're humped back. Posture. But when our posture is before God, our focus is on Him. Amen? Yeah. Come on. So... Don't allow any tears to overtake your focus and your growth in Him, right? Do not get sidetracked. So, but in order not to get sidetracked, we must have something in place. A lot of times, did you notice they call the replacement therapy, whatever it may be called, but like anything situation, say so you need to replace. And it's so much true in the things. When you take a void, there's this gap. And if you don't fill it with something, <laughs> either people get back into bad habits or they need to replace something, right, in their life. So that works best when we start pursuing something else, especially, specifically when it's related with God. Okay? God is our source. Check this out. 2 Timothy 2.22. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue the righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of pure heart. So think about it. That's you being connected. It says, this is what you replace. You need to just get back into the connection. And it says, this is what you replace with, right? Pretty much pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of pure heart. That is the body of Christ right there, my dear friends. Is it easy? No. You know, it can be challenging because it's not easy. Fleeing from evil desire means spending time with God. So you have to replace that with spending time with God. But our Creator promises to honor our commitment. That's what I love. God never leaves us hanging. And look at this because in the next verse, Proverbs 3, right, 3, 8, it says, this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones, right? So God spending time with him, it not only impacts you spiritually, it impacts you physically, you know, because you learn to forgive. And a lot of times you get hurt and you're like, yeah, you were fairly hurt, 100%. And you live with that pain and it's impeding your growth. Rather than processing it with God, you start maybe processing with friends that you shouldn't. 
And then later if that relationship goes south, guess what? <laughs> they might use that against you. So be careful who you pour your heart out before. But number one person, uh, number one uh, person you can pour out is God, okay? He loves us and he cares for us, amen? So this will bring health to your body, nourishment to your bones. How many can say amen to that? Come on. Hallelujah. When we pursue him, we find life, abundant life, Scripture says, right? And running from evil and pursuing God doesn't come naturally to us. It doesn't. <laughs> it does not. Not for most of us. Uh, it means we have to put some effort into it. It's like you must seek, right? And you shall find, okay? So you must have to designate and figure out what works best for you. Last week I shared about saying how I find time spending with God is it works best for me because I like to do the maximum ability to sleep in the morning, <laughs> to get that energy in. I always feel like extra couple of minutes is going to give me extra boost of energy. And so what I like to do is in the evening I put my kids to sleep and I go for a walk and I listen to worship music and I speak with the Lord. Uh, yeah, you're saying you speak with the Lord. Yeah, it, it works amazing. You just worship and worship him and you just, and all of a sudden you just go into this quiet moment and all of a sudden your thoughts begin to say, hey, Son, nice to see you. <laughs> I love you. And you, first, you, your glimpse, you're going to think, yeah, this is me going crazy. Is it my thoughts? Well, generally, we're our own biggest critic, right? Notice that? Like, we usually are like, oh, you failed. You failure today. Why did you get engaged in that argument? Why? But I noticed that love of God, and a lot of times when we're in that quiet place, when we finally just bring everything before the Lord, those words are from God. And I realized that, Lord, that is you speaking to me. Because he always approaches with love. He's full of grace and full of truth. It doesn't mean he doesn't, he doesn't avoid telling you the truth. That Like if you stole something from someone, you've got to return it. It's not going to be like, oh, I love you, son. Don't worry about it. He says, no, no, no. You'll, you'll make it right. But my point is, when you get in that resting place with God, when you put aside all the noise, and you have those moments, when you replace that, let's say, before that, we were just talking about replacement, right? It was Netflix, and now it's like, well, it's now walking with the Lord. Let's say, oh, it sucks. When I start reading, I fall asleep. That's okay. A lot, it's true. It happens for a lot of people. Um, so that's why you turn to audio scripture and walk. <laughs> Let it subconsciously get into it because you're walking and you're practicing something. So whatever works best for you. If you're a morning person, wake up before your kids wake up. Go on a little jog. I mean, it's good for your health, it's good for your body, and it's most importantly good for your spirit because you're starting your day right, amen? You're not going to be like, oh, gosh, did somebody say this? And you're reading everybody's feed and their posts, and you're like, oh. There was a reason they call it feed, I like to say it, right? So feed on the Word of God, not a feed of a Facebook, amen? Hallelujah. This will bring health to your body, nourishment to your bones, amen? So uh, point number four. Put God first in your life. That's another reason why you, how you help and maintain in God. You put God first in all that you do. Um, it's easiest, let's say it's the easiest, to put ourselves first. When something good happens, we want to congratulate. Like, did you notice we want to congratulate ourselves with the reward? You're like, yeah, you did it. But the moment something bad happens, uh, we, we still we're like, we want to console ourselves. I like to say the world literally revolves around us. Uh, it actually always continues. It's just the children are not good at hiding it yet. Did you notice that? Yeah, they're like, me, me, I don't care. Dad, you're in the middle of a meeting. I'm walking in there, right? <laughs> That's the kind of approach we need to have with God. <laughs> Amen, absolutely. But a lot of times when it comes to any of our own life situations, it's always about us. Me, 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 right? 
So in this world, okay, it's, it's me-centric. It's starting. So, and when it comes to, I'll, I'll use an example, right, with money, um, the struggle is even harder. Like, how do you put focus on God first? Because that's what sustains us. And I, I feel like this morning it was just brought to my heart, Lord, just to talk about just that aspect of things. Because that's what maintains us. Because we hear about it in our, you know, in our church sometimes. People come and like, what does tithes mean? How does it work? Um, whatever it may be. But Solomon, right, who had quite a bit of wealth himself. He already had everything he needs. And he brings up that next 9 and 10 verse. We're just continuing to break up our, that passage, right? Proverbs verse, uh, chapter 3, uh, look at verse 9 through 10, right? But what I love is because Solomon knew that his money didn't belong to him. That's one thing you know that if it's like, Lord, it ain't for me. You take that breath out of my lungs, my heart stops, I'm done. I'm no longer, a prov- I cannot do anything, right? It's his breath in our lungs. I love that whenever we sing that worship song. But Solomon knew that it's, he's the source. And that's why he says, and that says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. So obviously during that time, a lot of people lived in the, the on farmlands. It could be with whatever it is that you own, right? So with all of your things that helps you maintain, you're honoring God first. And verse 10 says, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. So if we can trust God with first of our wealth, we're truly showing that our dependency on him, okay? So first handing over that paycheck, you know, for heading over that first part of the paycheck takes a good amount of faith. I'll, I'll just be honest with you. I remember when I first started, I'm like, Lord, how do I trust with you with what, I, what maintains me? And the Lord, just, just watch this. It's like the law of nature. It works, right? But when I did that, it brought from me-centric meaning saying, well, I am here, to saying, Lord, here. And God says, and God is like, okay. You're literally entrusting it into God, the source of life, who gives you that health, who can give you that strong health to maintain, sustain, and not only that, blessing into the future. It's literally you're acknowledging God in all of your ways. And so, and one of those greatest things, the testimonies of my own personal life, and I know many, is when people did that, and they said, look, I didn't even believe in God a lot of things, but I did this thing that these business people do. Um, you're like, they say, uh, what's it? Um, there's a phrase, it's a popular phrase. I'll remember it a little bit later. Oh, good karma, you know, things like that. Or they're like, even the businesses, people practice like certain things they, they designate. That they're not even like, they tapped into it because you know how p- people that run businesses, every opportunity there is, they'll take it, <laughs> right? And they tapped into that thing of the law of nature of God when it comes to, say, see, tithe of everything, right? And they give that to organizations, and they're very successful because it's literally his word. You can just be confident in that. It's like the law of gravity. So when you put your trust and say, God, I will trust you. Yes, I only have a little bit. But I, at some point, I'm going to start. Because a lot of times people think, when I'll have a lot, I'll start tithing. Or I'll start giving unto God. But it's actually the moment of that breaking when I like to say, you take away your own strength. And you're putting it into his capable hands. And every time we see that happening in the scripture, right? When they brought the few fish and bread before him, you know, two loaves, five fish, five and two. And what happened? He multiplied it. 
and that's what happens. But you have to trust God. You have to give of what you have and what you maintain, right? So you're moving from you-centered to God-centered. Number five, we're down a few. Check yourself by God's word. We aren't good at evaluating ourselves. I'll be the first person to say that, right? Uh, we will go great lengths to excuse, excuse our behavior, our actions, our sins. Um, who needs defense attorney <laughs> when we can find a reason to defend our actions? You know how many times I'm like, I'll get in an unnecessary argument, and I've done it before so many times. And because uh, I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prove a point. I'm going to prove a point. And... Um, and we just get into this thing, and then we'll make an excuse, and that goes south, and you're like, well, I did that because of this. And you notice that, let's say you're talking to somebody who you love. Let's say it's your child, whoever it may be. It's like, why would you do that? Well, it's because of this and that and that. Like, you know, immediately there's that self-defense mechanism. I did this. But when you look at a parent's perspective, right, parent is trying to help and assist. Like, I'm doing this for your own good. You're like, no, like, you know, I did this because I deserve this or things like that, right? I see that a lot in my family. <laughs> if it doesn't relate to you, no problem. But we do that in real life. When something happens, we make an excuse for our own actions and we defend it rather than saying, oh, Lord, I, that was a bonehead move. <laughs> you can see that all through Psalms. Like David is like, oh, Lord, like he's just pouring out his heart. Like I put my trust in you. Lord, I want to kill them. For what they did, but, but, but I put my trust. And the moment he brings that thought into captivity, the moment he brings himself into remaining in the God presence, all of a sudden his tone changes, everything changes. Because God does it, he does that because he loves and cares for us. Amen? So, but we, when it comes to evaluating ourselves, we're not the greatest evaluators. So we'll either go hard on ourselves, like you suck and things like that. We just go to extreme ex, uh, extremes. Did you notice that? Or we'll just start blaming somebody else. We don't get into that zone we're actually bringing to God. But the moment you're practicing bringing up before the Lord, say, yeah, this was a tough day, Lord. I'm going to go on a walk and just let you, I'm going to let it all out to you, God. <laughs> It's amazing what happens. Prophet Jeremiah captures it really well. It says in 17.9, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. <laughs> Who can understand it? I love that question. He's saying, this is your struggle. It's not easy, right? Because your heart is deceitful. And if we're going to truly trust in God and flee evil, then we have to know exactly where we're standing. If you're not grounded in the Lord, and any time the shakiness happens, right, trials come, we lose it. I've done it so many times, and I'm like, and then we're like, where are you, God? Well, God was like, well, you kind of did it on your own, <laughs> right? And I loved it because I feel nothing but grace of God during those moments, even when I go on, out on my own, try to do it on my own strength, so... So we have to find this objective measure that tells us the truth, right? Non-biased. <laughs> and that truth, again, comes only from God because God is truth, right? His word is truth. Um, and, of course, it doesn't mean that we'll always like what we see or how we see it. But look at that next verse. It says, 311, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke. Because he's saying, man, I'm working on you more than anything. He's more concerned about your calling than he is about your comfort. Okay? And a lot of times those things 
like separation of certain relationships, like a stuff like that were just negative, maybe that were impacting. They were your friends, but they're not your wife's friends, or vice versa. Do you see what I mean? Like those certain relationships, there's certain things in life you have to let go because otherwise they're gonna drag you down and everybody around you. But the Lord is saying, like, hey, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent His rebuke because He is full of grace and truth. Amen. So. Sometimes, unfortunately, I know it's maybe a hard message to digest, hitting too many nerves. <laughs> Sometimes it takes something bad to see ourselves in bad light. Sometimes it takes something bad situation before we finally admit that we need to change, before we finally say, Lord, ah, I put my trust in you. And the more we abide in his word, the more, the more we understand, the more likely this will happen. Look at this, Psalm 119.11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So that word is becoming every part or aspect of your life. And so as you're moving step by step in your life, you're relying on the word of God, right? When you remain in his word, God's word will maintain you, right? Through every situation. Because as my word is like, it's also his, uh, the Lord says, my word is like bread, right? Daily bread. Give us a daily bread. That's daily bread that sustains you in his word. And if you're not planted in the house of the Lord, if you're not planted in his word, it's going to be really hard. Wind blows, just like that house that's built on the sand. (laughs) Our sands, our promises, our visions that we may have. God is like, oh, I love your vision, your passion. But if we do it together, if you invite me into it, watch how much better we can do together. Amen. So on our own strength, we can maintain for a certain period, but without him, we cannot have a future. It's just very difficult to live in your own strength. Point number six, listen to the Holy Spirit. When Jesus promised to send the Holy Spirit to the church, he told his disciples that this counselor would be your spiritual compass. It's pretty much like a GPS, right? Look at this, 1426 says, but the advocate, or another translation says the counselor, the Holy Spirit, because God's got you covered. God's got you covered in every situation, right? The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, what does it say he will do? He will teach you all things. Not some things. Does it say some things? No, all things. So that's why when you acknowledge God in all of your ways, he will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you, right? He will remind his word, the word which sustains you. So, and as we go through the day, the same Holy Spirit is guiding us, right? That means we don't have to do it alone. We're, we're hoping that we're going to get it right. No, the Holy Spirit is literally leading us into all truth, right? And it protects us. To 2 Timothy 1.14, guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. So the second backing up of that is just the Holy Spirit will help you guard that, right? Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Remember, I like to always quote this passage saying that we are um, treasures in the earthly vessels, right? So you have to guard that deposit, that treasure. Amen? All right. And the last point, rest in God's love. (laughs) When we face difficult world... Each day, we can sometimes wonder, I've like mentioned before, where are you, God? Why did this happen? Why did this situation? Or we say, why do good things happen? To, why do good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people, right? We've, we've asked those questions before. I did. But I love that Solomon reminds us that God never takes a break or leaves us to, uh, to defend ourselves. 
Yeah, because right there in the next verse of our theme scripture, Proverbs 3.12, it says, Because the Lord disciplines those he loves as father, the son he delights. So he loves us, but then he, he's saying as father, the son he delights in, okay? Because he delights in you. So that means there's that love, right, of God. Even in the midst of a tor- turmoil, whatever that happens, God sticks with us and he uses us our challenges to shape us, right? He makes all things together for good, amen? And when we understand that, our perspective on life changes. It's like no longer do we see our failures, our setbacks as setbacks. We see them as moments like, ah, God, you've been working on me through this whole time, right? And only looking back afterwards, you're like, wow, all those things, God, you made together work for good? Yes, he did it because he loves us and he called us according to his purpose, right? Because he cares for us every day. He pours a blessing on us. And of course, uh, you know, following these daily steps isn't easy. That's why I like to say um, we, we are trusting in him, not in our own strength. Okay? 16.24, Matthew. Matthew 16.24. Then Jesus said to his disciple, who wants to... who whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. So you're denying your ability. You're going complete dependence on yourself to complete dependence on him. Okay? But catch this. When we deny, again, our power, his power sets in. And this is the scripture that I was promising you and I've quoted it earlier. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect where? In your strengths? No, in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Again, the resting state before you and God. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness and insults and hardships, persecutions. So you see all those things that we were talking about, all those things that you were facing every day, says... For when I'm weak, then I am strong, right? So acknowledging God in all of your ways, it seems like a wholehearted commitment. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Trusting in God may sound hard, but the key is you're never alone because it's not your strength. It is His strength that's working in you, right? Because Scripture says, surely I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. So we know that we're not by ourselves, right? And devil wants us to make it look, sound like hard that, hey, trusting God is hard. Being a Christian is hard. But as I mentioned last week, and I want to bring that example again, you don't need to strain. Because somebody says, I have to do all those things and produce the fruits, the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. But you don't need to strain. Because when you come up to an apple tree, any tree, right? If you look at the apple tree, you don't hear the apple grunting. Like, apple, right? It doesn't, like you don't hear that. It doesn't strain because apples, fruit is just apples, a byproduct of its tree. Because the apple is remaining in him. So when we remain in God, we don't need to figure out like, oh, I have to do, Vic mentioned these seven steps. By the way, just if any of those steps land in you, that's great. Those are just some of the times I explained how to steps that help me and may help you. But when you are resting in God, when you are connected, when you remain in God, you don't need to strain and figure out, oh, I have to do this right, I have to do this right. It becomes your lifestyle. 
You have the Holy Spirit that's guiding you every day, and you're just walking like this. You're not walking like this. Oh, Lord, every day. Please, Lord, what do I do today? How come? Hey, good. Acknowledging God. Okay, Lord, I put my trust in you. It's like God picks up your bad posture. <laughs> We're talking about a posture before God, why we stand before God. But when you're like this, right? Then you're not looking at every life and the situation and fighting on your own strength. God is like, I got an eagle's eye view, son. I got an eagle's eye view on everything. My, acknowledge me in all of your ways. I will direct your path. Remain in me. I will remain in you. Come on. God is there to help us, to help us to maintain and sustain, right? That's why this is the, uh, just to highlight three points again of the three messages. Remain to sustain, remain to maintain, and remain to retain. Okay, that's how you retain the presence of God, is by remaining in Him. Okay, and that's what makes it, like I said, I've said it last week, difference between a successful marriage and a failed marriage, those that remain. Brother, you know, you go, I, no, I made a commitment, I'm going with you. You remain, the power of remain, and when you remain in God, oh, the things that need to remain in your life are going to remain to that extent that God says, I will bless you. I have already seen, you know, I want you to, to, uh, to live and not to die. I want you to, to prosper, right? Amen. So God is in the interest of his people, of building up his people. But most importantly, where it starts is be able to learn to remain in him, in his presence. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Lord, we just thank you for this teaching. Thank you, Lord, for the power of remain and what you've taught us in the course last few weeks, Lord, to be able to learn to put our trust in you, Lord. Our trust is not in other strengths or somebody else's, Lord. That job that we trust, maybe financial security, may not even be there a year from now, Lord. Help us to understand the value of remaining in you, Lord, because when we remain in you, we will have everything we need to remain in this life and to sustain. Father, I pray for your peace over every heart, Lord. I pray if there's any hearts that are experiencing drought or difficulty, challenges, Lord, that today, Lord, by the power of the Holy Spirit, be able to shine your light, your anointing, Lord, and pour over into their lives, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your mighty work and everything that you're doing, Father God, in our lives. That you're working all things together for good, Lord. Help us to understand, Lord, next time when we're experiencing hardships or difficulties and all those things, Lord, to understand that, Lord, in our weaknesses we are made strong, Lord. For when I am weak, I am strong in Christ, Lord. That's when we take away our strength and we allow your strength to pour into us and allow the power of the Holy Spirit to move in our lives. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We love you. We praise you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. If you need more prayer, please come up. Get prayer. Otherwise, be blessed. Walk in the peace of the Lord, the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.